0: This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast.
1: I do feel like there'll be a, a couple of does come. I think the first does normally come in. November 1st November 2nd just a a very few a very few but they know that and they're gonna be out trying to find them hey guys this is episode 7
0: I'm Kenyon Clark here with Nate Burgess Scott Clark and Jeff Rise back this week so <laughs> we're getting into the exciting part of the year yes our our favorite part of the year is just still coming up this weekend we I mean this is a really good week. This rain's coming in kind of damp in the last, well, today and tomorrow, but this weekend looks like it should be really good, the weather and the wind moving out. So wanted to talk a little bit about the end of the pre-rut. I know um, I did a video on that last week if you guys want to see some more stuff on just the pre-rut, because tonight we're going to get into a little bit of that, but mostly we're going to be talking about the first phase of the rut, because we won't be doing another one of these until the 5th of November, and then we'll be getting into like that best week of the season. Where they're really chasing hard, cruising hard, and looking for does and chasing and all that stuff. So, we're going to talk about the first phase of the rut tonight. Kind of what we're taking out to the woods with us. Uh, kind of a what's in your pack kind of thing. We'll talk about some different calling stuff that we use or don't use and why. Um, get into some other things, decoy scents, all that stuff, and then maybe our favorite stands for the first part of the rut. Not necessarily our just hardcore rut stands, but what we're where we're going to be, what we're looking for for this first phase of the rut. So. We're not going to be in Bow Hunter Magazine or North American Whitetail this week. There is a lot of good stuff I found in there from both November issues, but we'll get into that sometime later. I wanted to just kind of go over this stuff tonight because none of them were really focused on the first part of the rut, and that's what we've got going on. So that's what I wanted to talk about. But before we get into that, like we do every week, we'll have the field report. I don't know, Jeff, if you've been out since last weekend or not, or Nate, but, uh, We'll start with
2: what's kind of going on in the shop. You uh, know, not a lot going on this week. Uh, I don't know if the guys just aren't hunting because they're saving up their time for what's coming up, or the deer aren't moving. Um, I did. We did see actually one today that that started smelling a little musky, like like a buck. First one so far, so it, it's coming.
0: Yeah, that's what I was uh, gonna say. From Skinning the other day, I noticed a couple of those bucks, that bigger one that I caped out,
2: starting to smell a little bit. The ones we are getting in, uh, I'm talking to the guys, uh, they're they're using the word checking a, lo- a lot more than they are chasing. Mm-hmm. Nobody says anything about chasing, but they have seen a few checkings. So. Which makes sense for where we're at yeah, this time of year. So
3: I think, well, when me and you were skinning the other day, we noticed one or two of them. Their necks was starting to swell up on them too, so. Yeah. yeah um, that's getting me. I got
0: out a couple times this week. One one time, two times. I know I went yesterday afternoon and didn't see anything. Um, that could have been a product of where I was at, too. And I got in a little late, but it's a close spot. I don't hunt a lot, so that's why I went where I went. And the wind wasn't really right for where I could go um, that late. But the other time, I'm wanting to say it was since the last podcast. Seeing several does still um, a couple mornings last weekend. I have a couple of young bucks, haven't really seen a lot of mature bucks up in daylight yet. I know starting to get some pictures. Nate, you're starting to get some pictures. I want to get in on that here in a second. Um, I did see one decent buck up on his feet, but not close enough to shoot or anything like that. So, Nate, like I said, I know you're starting to see a few on camera at least.
1: Yep. Uh, Tuesday morning, I was off work. Um, We were going to try to cut beans. We were sure hoping we'd get get done cutting beans uh, this week. Uh, so, I was not hunting Tuesday morning. Man, I wish I would have been. Uh, two of the bucks I wanted to shoot uh, were up um, 40 minutes after daylight, even, uh, was when the first one was moving. 710, I think, uh, was when he was out running around. Um, right there where I would have probably been uh, had I been hunting. The other one came through at 740. Uh, he's a big five year old. That's the first daylight picture I've got of him this year. Um, He was out moving 740. Um, I think he was headed back where I think he beds. Um, Like I said, he does not move in daylight. Uh, I've not got any daylight pictures of him this year until Tuesday morning. I really don't think he was bumped either. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody should have been anywhere around there. So anyway, uh, Tuesday morning they were out moving. Um, I've got another camera uh, that's tucked down in close to bedding. Um, I checked the card on it uh there's like eight different bucks hitting that scrape um a couple of pretty good ones you know um but they're all hitting the scrapes really hard uh went out and changed a whole bunch of batteries on some cameras in another place um we've got like a three acre food plot over there uh nine scrapes around the edge of that uh of course there's plenty of room you know for them to uh to all hit those scrapes and everything uh one camera back down on the creek in that spot uh i found four scrapes in the woods just walking to that camera uh probably 150 yards in mm-hmm. um so they're i think they're really hitting the scrapes hard i think they're really probably got their turf nailed down where they're planning to spend rut uh, i think they probably got all that established now and i think this weekend is going to get
0: really interesting mm-hmm. and that reminds me we did talk about some uh pre-rut hunting on the last podcast we did too last weekend a lot of scrape stuff so kind of see and come to fruition what we were talking about with them hitting scrapes because that's something i noticed too going and checking a camera yesterday there was several fresh scrapes you know on the field edge and then one um actually as i was leaving a stand earlier this week noticed two or three inside the woods that were uh definitely fresh for sure um so that's kind of your guys field report for this week i'm thinking we're going to have a lot more to talk about next week so would you want to add something
3: jeff i didn't think you'd been out I went out Sunday during that okay. heat yep, wave right. that we had. Yep. And that hurricane winds. <laughs> yeah. You know, the best part about that was it kept the pterodactyls blowed away from me so yeah. I was able to enjoy my well, hunt. Uh
0: no, I actually saved the turkeys from the mosquitoes.
3: Yeah, exactly
2: i was gonna go but uh i know but you were scared no no. will to take a page out of ron white's book it's not that the wind is a blowing it's what the wind is a
3: <laughs> and it was blowing the mosquitoes <clears throat> away. i don't care how
2: quiet you get in there and sit down if a 75 foot hickory comes falling down beside <laughs> you you know Hey, well,
3: as long as it falls beside you, you're good.
2: Yeah, but I'm thinking the, the blades from the helicopter, you know, the air ambulance coming in and landing, it's probably going to run your deer hunt. <laughs> I ain't going when it's blowing that off. Well, I went because
3: I'm not scared. And anyways. Uh, I'm no, scared, I, just cautious. Well, you know, I know. We get that way as we get older. But uh, anyways, uh, no, I've seen some does, and I've seen some deer moving, um, little bit before dark actually within good shooting light so i mean it's out moving around but as far as bucks and that goes i didn't see nothing Mm -hmm. uh
1: i will say too i just remember um sunday was when i went out uh checking all those cameras like i said um since it was since it was so windy i decided i'd go and do all that then um i found two younger bucks dead in creeks uh sunday we had talked about ehd kills earlier on uh in the podcast i said i hadn't had none of that the one was pretty fresh uh there's a chance that some of the neighbors might have shot him uh, but i really don't think so i mean really don't think so He is a four pointer um he was about 100 yards from their line but i haven't talked to him they haven't said anything about shooting a little one uh, but i really don't think they would have he's a long way from any road he's not roadkill. Um and that creek's not got very much water and he he could have been EHD, I don't know. Um there's just some little bitty water holes there. Uh then found one that's probably been dead for a month or six weeks uh, at that other spot. Um and he was down in the in a deep pool of a creek. Uh so anyway I, I kinda of figured that was EHD that I was seeing there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So well, I I didn't well, I checked my camera. I didn't see no active no fresh activity on my mock scrape that I made. You know yeah. nothing that said that there had been a buck through there of course i wouldn't know because my idiot but whenever i put my sd card in my camera the last time i forgot to slide it from lock. lock to unlock so it was locked and so i couldn't tell you what walked in front of my camera last week
0: yeah you don't get good pictures when when the card's locked no you don't
3: any so. pictures actually no no yeah Yeah. and i still got the card in my pocket and then still on lock
2: still locked up so you're still not getting pictures
3: i still ain't getting pictures thank goodness (laughs) well uh not to get on too much of a rabbit hole
0: or down a rabbit trail with that ehd thing but uh definitely could be what you're seeing i you see a lot of it on facebook and stuff where guys oh he was dead here and you know they don't put a lot of other into other uh, information into it other than he was dead and there's water close by, so it had to be EHD. Well, they we don't mention if there's a road close by or if their neighbors could have shot him or if the coyotes could have got him or stuff like that. So I'm not saying it's not EHD, but we don't have to jump right to that um, just because the deer is dead because there are a lot of reasons that deer die. Now, at we the same time, it definitely could be. Yeah, it
3: could I mean, be, but we haven't had the drought, and EHD is mostly caused by drought. Yeah, and we've had good rains all summer long. Actually, it's been pretty wet. It's been we wet had that
0: one pretty dry stretch there towards the end of summer, but, or end of early fall, I guess it was, right? Yeah, but... I'm thinking right.
3: Yeah, but I don't know that that would I don't know if it was long them. enough. Yeah.
0: I know they're, they've said there's been a lot of people talking about it going on, especially up kind of north of us, some Effingham County stuff, but I don't know if any of that's been confirmed yet or not. So, you don't want to get too worried about it but at the same time you know it's you know it could be i mean i guess it's from the midge that gets in that in the water and they kind of all use it and gets up in them and affects their brain or whatever it is that ehd does and
2: then typically it's standing water so if you if you have a dry stagnant stagnant water so it it takes a dry season typically doesn't doesn't always mean that though right so anyways uh, definitely could be Hopefully it's not,
0: but I am just wanted to point that out, not because of what you said and what you're seeing necessarily, but just because you guys are seeing people post, oh, it's EHD, it's hitting us hard, don't necessarily, I mean, you don't have to think that that's exactly what's going on, because it may not be, and it may be too, but I haven't seen any actual confirmed by the IDNR or biologist or anything like that yet. Yeah, it's a lot of hearsay and guys seeing, and you know, just based off the past. And unfortunately, I think there's part of some people that kind of want that just so they can say it happened or whatever it is. Um, I, I don't know. But um, I've seen a lot of guys talking about it, and, I don't, and it may be it, but a lot of times I think it's probably jumping the gun a little bit. But not to discredit what you're saying, because obviously oh, it, yeah. it could have been, yeah. you know. Yeah. But like I said, don't want to get too big of a rabbit hole on that because we'll probably do some episodes around that kind of stuff next summer or something, but when it does get dry. Uh, but tonight, I wanted to f- talk about the first thing, um, what's in your pack? So I carry a backpack with me. I know some guys don't carry any kind of bag at all. I also have a, uh, a fanny pack for when I go, not like a Rut Daniels fanny pack with the Allen wrenches in it and all that, but a fanny pack for when I go with my climber because I can't have it on my back, obviously, so. I'll kind of talk about what's in there. Um, Jeff, what are you taking to the woods with you? Because it'll change too, with, I mean, at least it does with me, from the early season. I'm not necessarily carrying all the same stuff that I am now during the first phases of the rut. So what are you taking with you, um, whether it be a pack or no pack or, or whatever? I know, Obviously, aside from your bowl and your release, well, not your release, but me and Nate's release and all that.
3: Yeah, I know. Um <laughs> Actually, uh, this time of year we're in the we're entering the seeking phase of the rut. And so the bucks they're not chasing, they're running around, they're looking and they're bumping does and stuff. And so and they're also getting ready to start setting dominance, you know, who's who's mature and who ain't. And so I don't of course, you know, I've said before, I don't use calls on that, that much. If I was to use a call this Time of year, what we're getting into, I would use a uh, like a Primo's double can, mm-hmm. or I would use some rattling horns. Now, now, I wouldn't get crazy with them, you know, I'd tinkle them around and stuff, and maybe get a buck's attention with it. But that's about all I would use if I was going to do it. And I've used them before with success at this mm-hmm. time of year, but uh, yeah, that's that's about it. That's besides the basic essentials water beer whatever right you <laughs> so you're saying you're taking your uh
0: maybe a bleak can and some rattling horns and then... pretty
3: much that's all i'm going to take with yeah.
0: me and obviously right. aside from gloves and hats and all that well stuff, but, yeah but, but like I mean, as far as uh, deer well, hunting stuff as
3: far as deer hunting i take like the bleak can some rattling horns and of course i would not leave home without my ridge hunter outdoors uh Buck Tarsal That's right. Shameless plug. Buck Tarsal Spray and doe Tarsal Spray. That's right. Which, you know, is available online. So uh-huh. or at Clark's Deer Processing. Or at Clark Steer Processing A. here in downtown Wayne City. That's right. In the Mecca. Yeah. So
2: okay. But so, no, actually I how come have, we're I not have, in this commercial, mate. <laughs>
3: I I have I mean I plug you all the time, but I have seen, you know, some interesting results with the yeah, with the sense, and I always say it's not the end all, beat all, but no, but it gets their attention away from you onto something else.
0: Deer uses their nose for everything, and they use scent to check each other with, and they know the deer identify, by their scent. Identify, each yeah. Other. So why? I mean, if you have that available to you, I think it's go ahead and use it. I, I know some right. guys that just don't use any scent at all, and they're totally against it. And, oh, I see mature deer all the time without using any scent. Well, that's good for you, but if you can use it, it's not hurting anything.
3: No. You know,
0: I've yet to see a big buck run away from the buck tarsal spray. I have seen some younger bucks act a little funny around it because it comes from a more mature deer. Yeah,
3: no, that is an an unidentified deer, you know, that they don't, they're not familiar with. You know, I guess the best way to use it is if you really want to know is just put the spray the buck tarsal spray on your front and the doe tarsal spray on your back and see what happens Wait, <laughs> yeah. you can oh, do that yeah. kind of brave there. Yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't recommend it but you know yeah. you never know uh, but anyway with
0: it. if you get that at your disposal why not use it in my opinion right? Um, and i'm not saying that just because i sell it because i actually started making the stuff because i wanted it to use it myself so yeah but anyways So that's kind of what you're looking at. Mine's going to be similar, but Nate, what are you taking to the woods with you this time of year, aside from like the obvious essentials?
1: Uh, I'm going to carry extras of everything. Uh Um, I always carry a second release, uh, Mm -hmm. tied, so where it can't come out of that backpack. Um, I always want to have that with me. Uh, Wind checker, I'd call that essential. Um, A grunt call um i'm not gonna i call conservatively is right. what i'd like to say um i feel like if a deer can see well um if they can see where you're at and they will be able to know that there's not actually a deer there if you're calling at them i'm not going to call at them mm-hmm. uh,
0: i want to get into that a little bit too like uh we'll get into that like when we're using them how we're using them why we're using them, stuff yeah, like that as far yeah. as it calls too so
1: um if i've got one uh if i see a buck that i'd like to get over closer um and i think it would be worth a shot i'll probably start by bleating uh -hmm. right now if that don't work i might try a grunt uh might try a grunt as a last resort right now um that's about all i'm gonna do more than that i'm probably just gonna chalk it up as a loss and uh he wasn't coming this way but i'm not gonna mess with him very much right now yeah um what else do i have i do have i talked about it early on um can't remember what they call it uh that
0: uh the cruncher deal you're talking about yeah
1: not the acorn cruncher don't ever no we don't want to we don't want to get that uh drawing squirrels in no <laughs> you remember that you remember that call uh-uh. oh my I gosh i don't guess i don't ass- sound like they're munching on acorns no yeah man you ought to look that up um uh, <laughs> I Don't associate me with that thing. <laughs> um, this thing, uh, I don't know how to describe it, uh, but it uh, it you can make it sound like leaves crunching. Uh, and, of course, you can do it uh, in, in a rhythm, in a cadence, so it sounds like a deer walking. Um, it's got some prongs on the side of it. You can drag up and down the tree on the bark of your tree. It kind of sounds like a deer horn, you know, dragging up and down a tree a little bit um trying to mimic a rub noise and it's also got a little wooden thing on it where you can pop it's spring loaded and it sounds like little twigs breaking of course you could take leaves up in your tree if you want you could smash them with your hand you know to try to make the walking sound you can take little twigs up there and break with you too but it does sound like something moving around um and i don't feel like that's something that guys are using much have you ever tried uh once but (laughs) you ever tried tying horns together You ever tried tying horns together and dropping and working them at the bottom of yeah, your tree? Uh, uh, yeah, that to me that would be more realistic. It's if more I was realistic use because
3: horns. you know, and I don't know how sound travels. I'm not no big expert on all that oh, stuff. Yeah, but you know, you know as well as I do that sound say like where I was hunting deer stands, especially down there in the bottoms and stuff, I'd get at least twenty five between twenty five and thirty foot high mm-hmm. is how, what I'd like to be at. We well, you know sound travels different at that height than what it does at yeah. a deer's height. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it made a difference or not, and I'm not saying that did, but I just, I'll, it just seemed to me like it'd be more realistic, and I did. I'd have tines tied to a rope, and I'd drop them down there, and I'd jerk and jerk on it, and, you know, and get them yep. and banging and clashing and, and in the leaves. Yep, yep. You know, and try to mimic the sound of it. Yeah. I'll tell so, you a little
2: story about that. I was hunting with Canyon's mother one time, <clears throat> and it was one of them deers running everywhere kind of nights. And I'd taken everything at the kitchen sink with me, you know, I'd been drag, rag, and rattle, and antlers, and scent, and and, and just a whole nine yards because it and it was there's deer running everywhere. And I think she'd shot her arrows all out and went down, and got and got them and recovered them, and he went got back up and it's one of them times, and it's getting dark and there's some nice deer in there and uh so i've got my rattling antlers and i'm tinkling one last time and you know we kind of hear something off to the distance and you know well okay it's time to get down it's it's they're all gone they're not going to see us It doesn't really matter anyway we're leaving so i got these these antlers in my hand that i'm using to rattle and i thought well heck i i just pitch them over this i've got a climber right so i've climb up with everything and i'm just going well this would be easier just pick him up off the ground so i just pitch him off as soon as they hit the ground at the base of this tree here come this stud i mean it was too dark for me to see because i'm facing the tree anyway because i'm going to climb her so i'm getting ready to climb down so i'm literally standing up facing the tree and i just pitched him off to the side and he is right there to the base of my tree he came right there and Kenyon's mom's hunting you know 20 yard. i can see her she can see me i'm going shoot him she's i can't see him shoot him i can't see him shoot him <laughs> and anyway he ended up walking off we, we're yelling and not yelling at each other but we're you know yelling back and forth doesn't bother him a bit he's interested in what those antlers that hit the ground at the base of my tree man. he finally turns around and walks off don't know how big he was he was a stud oh man you know you
3: did that to me one time too shoot him. I'm like, I can't see. And you said, just shoot the son of a... <laughs> no, I did
0: not. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the time you froze up. I did not freeze uh-huh. up. I could not see. Locked up and couldn't pull the triggers, what happened? Uh, right? No. At any
2: rate, that you said, talking about the at the base day. of the tree, that reminded me that they, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't know, obviously he was close Yeah. in the area. Um, I don't know if he'd ever came in. Mm-hmm. If I'm rattling up Twenty feet in the air because yeah. I I had a uh, I'd get twenty to twenty five feet. My, basically, I had a string tied my bow, and when my, my bow came up off the ground, I was high enough.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I don't know if he came into that. He absolutely came into them. Yep. They kind of tinkled when they hit the ground and, yep. and made that sound. Bam. I mean, he was right there.
1: Yeah.
2: He's uh, talking about the deer you missed. don't
1: bring me in. On <laughs> yeah. No, she didn't
0: shoot. Oh, I thought yeah. you missed no, that No, deer. She yeah. no, she didn't shoot at it. At the one, you. There you go. So anyways, kind of back to what we were originally started talking about before we got on the calls and all that. Um, did you finish up what we were, what you were uh, having in your pack?
1: I've got every, I carry probably too much stuff in there. Um, uh, pretty much everything that I would have on my, on myself, I've got an extra one in the pack. Um, I try to prepare for anything stupid that I might do um, and carry it with me, you know, um, uh, little saws, you know um little pruners all that stuff i mean Mm -hmm. you never know when you might need that stuff uh but as far as calls and stuff that's all i got in there uh grunt call bleak call um and that uh uh, that little thing that you can make it sound like a deer walking Mm -hmm. um that's about it
0: i looked it up i think it's called the leaf i think it's called the leaf cruncher actually i think that's what it's called does that sound right
1: man i can't remember i can't not the acorn
3: cruncher no no No. Mm
1: -hmm. don't don't associate me with that (laughs) I have never crunched one in no, with, no. A, with an acorn cruncher. It's uh, always but, the first time. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. uh, but that other thing, I do think uh, uh, nobody else is, I don't know if anybody else has got one, that's the only thing you could do nonverbal, you know, that you could sound like a deer, you know. Um, and you don't You don't have to grunt at him. You ain't got to bleed at him. If you sound like a deer walking, uh, they're used to that. Nobody else is making that noise. hmm that might be enough to get him curious enough to come over there and give you a look.
0: Yep. So, what I've got in mind is similar to you guys. Um, aside from my gloves and hats and extra stuff, extra release, camera stuff, um, I'll have generally an SD card in case I want to flip a cam- or change the camera or whatever, whether I had planned on it or not. Um, grunt tube that has the bleak call in it. But I still have the bleak can as well, the good old Primos the can, I think that's what it's actually called. Um, I've got some night and hail rattling antlers, so I don't have the actual antlers anymore, which I used to carry. It's just so much easier to carry that little compact thing. It flips around and clips into each other. Um, so I got that for rattling. Obviously, I got my, I take buck tarsal spray with me. Now, in the next coming week or so, I'll probably start using the doe tarsal spray as well. And... Um, I leave. I don't take any scent elimination with me. I don't guess I leave in the truck, so it's not really in my pack. But another thing I have that I thought Nate might mention um, is a turkey call. I always have a turkey call in my pack too for two reasons. Number one, it's just a mouth call. Um, if I'm sitting there and I've got a bunch of does coming in, where I think they might see me, I'll go ahead and pop that thing in. And then if they see me but they don't smell me, I may chirp on it a couple times and then had it before where i know i've never personally done it but i know jeff you told me i don't remember who you're telling me did it but uh they come in and see them you just hit that you chirp a couple times on that turkey call and they just kind of flick their tail and go on if if they don't see exactly what you are or smell you kind of take you for a turkey and the other thing is i go ahead and buy my ten dollar fall turkey permit so if i see one coming in they're really hard to kill from a tree because if you think about it they're born looking up you know so but it's worth a shot. So I got the turkey call in there, too. That's the only one I think I had that you guys really didn't mention. But
3: Right. And another thing is, too, also, uh, turkeys have two legs, just like we do. And so when you're walking through the woods, uh, you know, if you just chirp on that turkey call a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, well, then the deer, deer will associate your footsteps with theirs, as long as you're not, you know, being real heavy about it. But still, you know, they'll hear the rustling leaves and you blow on that chirp on that turkey call a little bit you know they're gonna think well it's just another dumb turkey walking through the woods right and they're not gonna pay as much attention to you that's just like and i was thinking while you was talking about that the the guy that got me started bow hunting was coach jerry wilson mm-hmm. and coach wilson was what scott six eight
2: no he was six four or five
3: well anyways he's a big man yeah he was
2: Gets taller every year. Whenever
3: yeah. I was 14 years old, he was a big man. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we'd go deer hunting and stuff, and I'd be trying to sneak in, you know, and be all quiet. And old Coach Wilson, he'd just go boring through there, sound like an old grizzly bear walking through the woods, you know, and stuff. And I'd be like, you know, Coach, wait, what, you know, ain't you trying? And he said, You don't hear no deer sneaking in, do you? <laughs> you know, right. Well, yeah. Where they come in, they don't care about making noise, especially the bucks and stuff. And, you know, he never really scared deer off walking that way. Uh. You know, he'd just bore in there like a bull in a china closet. And, and you know, he, he'd have success. Yeah.
0: I think we, I don't remember, I think I talked about that on our video, but as long as it's not unnatural noise. Right. You know, they make noise too. So as long as I'm, yeah. you know, kind of, if I sound like they do, or, you know, if you chirp on that turkey call a little bit, and maybe they'll just take you for that instead of running yeah. off their coming to check it out maybe they'll just think well there's a turkey i'm not going to go check it out so it could be something to try for sure especially yeah, if you got that call in your pack anyway which i think's a good idea to have obviously i have it but um, even if you're not going to try to call in a turkey i think there's a element to it that can help your deer hunt.
1: i had never considered that but that's not a bad idea mm-hmm. i also just uh, it just crossed my mind i just heard somebody else say uh the last couple of weeks they take a electronic coyote collar and they put it about 80 yards away from where they're hunting. Uh, Every time they go hunt an evening, they set it out there toward the truck, you know, on their way, and they set it about 80 yards away. And they said if they got deer close to them, you know, that they're wanting rid of, they'll hit a coyote howl on that thing, you know, after it's dark. Uh, And they said it'll kind of bust the deer, get them away a little bit. I never thought about that. Uh, I think it's a reasonable idea. And they Mm -hmm. said if they got to walk across a field or something to get out, they know there's deer out in the field. They'll just sit on the field edge and they'll howl a few times on that thing. Get the deer, hopefully, kind of move away somewhat naturally uh, and not just walk in the middle of them and bust them like a cubby of quail. <laughs> right. So anyway, I thought that was a decent idea. Yep. I don't know if I'm going to try it, uh, but it's a decent idea, I thought.
0: I uh-huh. did hear someone the other day, actually, that you said that, talk about when they got deer in the field and they're needing to leave, they'll wait till it gets dark because there's yeah. a difference between blowing deer out in the daylight and in the dark. Um, it seems like when you blow them off the field in the dark if it's something like that because their visibility is not as good obviously they can see in the dark but not like they can in the daylight they won't go as far and they'll probably come back um as opposed to in the daylight when they blow out of that field they're probably gone a long ways um he was talking about just sitting in the stand and after it gets dark and he needs to walk out through that field he'll just give a verbal coyote howl and he said that normally clears it or an owl hoot Mm -hmm. you know like an old hoot and and get them out of there so i I thought that was kind of a decent idea anyway and like you said i guess if you had the electronic call anyway for hunting you could take it with you but another one of those things you could just do verbally yeah Mm
3: -hmm. also this right here is leading up to the best time one of the best times to use a decoy Mm -hmm. you throw a decoy out there and all the verbal sounds that you're giving out is going to have more meaning to these oh yeah
0: Especially if you're on like a uh, cut corner field, cord field or a bottom or field, and exactly. they can see a long way. Exactly. Yep. Stick that thing out there. Um, that you could do a lot of good with it. for oh, sure. Oh yeah. I was going to. Well, that's why I want to get your guys' thoughts on. Decoy I had on a, too.
3: Uh, of course, I. Only, closest thing I ever had to a decoy was a Glendale buck. Mm-hmm. I tried to pack that some gun in one time. Nope, ain't happening. Never again. Ain't going to do it. Yeah. You know, it'd wear you out. But if you got something that them deer can see. And associate with the sound that you're giving out, whether it's rattling or vocals. You know, give them something to look at. Yep. I I've always wanted to have, you know, a lightweight decoy, and I know they make them. I've just been a tight wad, and they've never done it. You know, yeah. but you know, a nice lightweight decoy that you can set out there, where the deer can see it. Blow your vocals if you see a buck coming through, or whatever give him something to look at man i think that would be like one of the most amazing kinds you'd ever have
2: you know we had a pro shop and uh back in the early 90s um they had those plastic decoys you take down and you had the bags from but we bought two of them at the pro shop and we would rent them out so it was like five dollars a day or 15 for the weekend whatever it was because and guys it depends on what your idea of success was i think at that time and maybe it was because of maybe lack of knowledge about how to use a decoy because they were fairly new at the time there wasn't a lot of studies out there you couldn't really read a whole lot about them mm-hmm. other than the people are trying to sell them would you know tell you anything you wanted to hear but the entertainment value that the guys would get out of them they'd put a deer tail on them and a little scent and mostly little bucks and mostly, you know, I don't remember too many people killing any hogs over them, but there was always, almost always a story with them, you know, as far as the deer and and the little bucks pushing around and maybe more activity. And so, at that time, anyway, it was it was a lot of entertainment.
0: Um, that reminds me, Dusty, who we'll probably have on the podcast at some point. I've talked to him about maybe coming on. Him and his daughter is uh, that two years ago, I think. Two years ago three years ago, he's got videos of it, um, but they set up on a decoy, put some tarsal spray on it, and they killed two bucks on it, nice bucks, uh, hundred and you know, 125 to 135 inches, somewhere in there, both of them. Um, nice bucks within 10, 15 minutes, if that, of each other, set up on that same decoy. Um, I, hers come in, she shot it, his come in, he shot it, you know, on the same decoy, on the same night within literally minutes of each other using that decoy. So, uh Nate, you got any experience with decoys or have you ever used uh used them much or you got anything on that?
1: Uh I hunted over decoy one time with a guy uh, back when I was doing a little video on um I think it it just wasn't a good setup for a decoy, I think. Um it actually I'm very confident it cost us a shot at a really really nice buck. Um, This guy knew that there was a monster in there. I mean, honestly, like a 180-inch buck. Humongous deer, biggest deer I've ever videoed for sure. Um, It's a food plot tucked way back in the woods. Uh, We took the decoy in there as a big, aggressive-looking buck. Uh, I think it's a boss buck decoy, I Mm -hmm. think is what it was. Anyway, carried it down in there, set up um, probably 30 minutes, 45 minutes after light. uh, This big buck, biggest buck the guy's got on the place, um, he comes sneaking in. Um, we saw him and then just seconds later, he sees the decoy. Um, he's probably 40, 50 yards from the decoy heading to that little food plot again. Uh, just locks up completely, um, staring at it. He couldn't figure out what to do. Uh, stood there for, I don't know, a little while, not too long. Uh, and then he starts picking his way fairly quick, uh, trying to get around us and, and just completely out of there. Uh, a creek kind of cut up the, the property there. Uh, But he was trying to get out of there. He wanted away from that thing. Uh, We checked the card on the camera when we got down later on, uh, the camera on that food plot. That buck had been through there like an hour before we got there. He'd been up. He'd made his circle on the neighbor's property, and he's coming back in. Uh, So anyway, uh, I think that if that decoy would not have been there, he probably would have ran that trail right back and went back down there where he was used to being. But anyway... Uh in that instance, I think I think that decoy messed us up uh but uh gosh, you see so many guys have good success with them on those field edges right um what time of year did you say that was uh first week in November I okay. wanna, so I it would have made sense
0: for there to be a buck he didn't know, so it wasn't like he was seeing a deer that he didn't recognize or something yeah, but,
1: I think he just came up on it so fast to, um you know I mean, kind of
0: caught him off guard
1: yeah just all of a sudden there it was um he didn't have time to study it from a distance or anything didn't, you know.
0: probably well didn't smell it obviously or uh-uh. hear it or uh, he did
1: he did not if i remember right he did not have a way to reasonably get around the thing without getting right up on it right you know i uh, had to try to scent check it or anything
0: and that's where you're like you said probably a lot to do with the particular setup and, a, and
1: he was a big, smart buck. I mean, you yeah. weren't, weren't going to fool him easy.
0: He wasn't going to come in without checking it out first off, as far as scent, yeah. getting downwind, probably. Yeah.
3: So it's yeah. kind of an up-in-your-face setup for him. Then, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I do not think it was a good instance yeah. to use a decoy at all. Right. Uh, you see so many guys having good luck with him on the field edges, you know, where a buck can see it, think about it for a minute, you know, mm. before he's s- uh, confronted with it.
3: Right. Yeah. Just kind of judge him and yeah. size him up and yeah. you know, decide if that's what he wants to go into or not. Yeah.
1: but
0: just like calling, you know, using a decoy, you gotta be smart about it, have the right setup, right situation. So now we've hit on uh we've hit on calling, we've hit on what's kinda in our pack, some decoys. The last thing I wanna go over is some stand setups, like last week we talked about pre rut. Now we're getting into the first phase of the rut where these bucks are gonna be cutting dough trails, um coming in downwind sides of food plots maybe circling around the downwind side of a bedding area occasionally they're looking for those first hot does coming in so what are you nate first going to be looking for kind of we'll go into the pre into the pre-rut so this weekend and then on into the first week of november that first phase of the rut what's kind of some setups you're looking
1: at um funnels i mean uh that's that's what i'm looking for uh, anything that's going to cut him down without him knowing, get him right there close to me without him knowing. Um, I'm not abandoning food sources necessarily, but I'm not really thinking about them too much. Uh, morning sets. I'd like to be back in the woods close to bedding. Like you're saying, um, I do feel like there'll be a a couple of does come. I think the first dose normally come in November 1st, November 2nd, just a, a very few, a very few, but Mm -hmm. they know that and they're going to be out trying to find them, you know, um, i uh i'd like to be sitting back on a ridge somewhere the funnels um creeks i feel like they're going to follow creeks uh like you're saying trying to cut trails um just anything where they uh where they think they might run into uh one of those very first does um just any any funnel that's going to make him move past me close you know um pinch him down right there with me
0: Mm -hmm. so i like that what you said about those does coming in um i think there are times and places where you'll have does come in in like the third week of october occasionally some more mature does but um, most of them will start coming in like you said that first few days in november and i don't know the studies on any of this or anything i had to look them up but the same does probably come in close to the same time every year so i'm going to be looking at cameras again like we always talk about from last year if those same does are around, um, the bucks will know that they're going to be coming in around the same time too. And they will be, uh, they'll remember that and come in and check those spots too. So if i got good pictures from last year around this October 31st, which I do in a couple of different places, that's probably where I'm going to be keying in on. Um, it is those intersecting trails, um, Trails that come into food plots where those does are coming in that the bucks are going to be coming and checking to see if they can smell that first estrus doe or whatever. And then, obviously, those those good funnels like you're talking about. But, Jeff, your thoughts on kind of where you're going to be setting up this
3: this weekend and then into next week if you could go or whatever. Um, travel corridors, uh, pitch points, and I'm going to be uh, between 20 and 30 yards inside the timber. Mm-hmm. If you're talking field edges, food plots, and stuff, that's where I'm going to be setting that because, you know, even though the bucks are have got other things on their mind, you know, the does and stuff, they're still going to be cautious at this point. Mm-hmm. They're going to be downwind where they can sit and check the does without going into the field. Yep. And so, you know, they're going to be feeling more comfortable inside the timber. You know, if you're sitting on the edge of the timber in the field edge, well a lot of times them bucks will be behind you and you won't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know. They're okay. gonna be down with of you too. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's where I think
0: the food is still it's not as important as the bucks coming in and eating it, but you can use it uh, I don't wanna say as a decoy, but use the doe's in it kinda like one and hunt off the edge of it now where you're gonna catch those bucks coming in scent checking that food plot I, rather than yeah, going in. i eat. think
2: absolutely you you, you do use the does as a decoy in that um, like i said guys right now are still they're not talking about bucks chasing they're talking about bucks checking so if you're smart in the way you set up on the does the bucks are going to be checking the does not chasing so use the wind use the does to to Put yourself in a position for that, if you have them, if they're regular, if they're doing what they've always done.
0: Yeah, I think if you can get in close to those mature does and you know where they're going, where they're hanging out, it'd be a really good place to be. Because like I said, those are going to be the first ones to come in most often. Those mature does are going to be the first ones to come in. If you can find them, probably going to find where those mature bucks are because they're smart enough to seek out those first few does. and. They'll get with those quick, and then you may not see them for another couple days because they'll do an, They'll be kind of in an early lockdown with those first few does that are coming into estrus. But that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover tonight. I know we hit kind of a wide array of topics, but uh, all focused around the first phase of the rut. Really exciting time of year to be out in the woods. And November's just around the corner. It'll be here before we do our next podcast. So cool stuff there in the woods. Um, I did want to say again... I think I I said it last week, but we are doing our first Ridge Hunter Outdoors Big Buck Contest. You can register for that at RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. Go to the link that says Big Buck Contest. Um, You'll register on there. You can read all the rules and regulations. If you do that before the 31st, you you will get, with your $50 entry fee, a bottle of Ridge Hunter Buck Tarsal Spray, a Big Buck Contest t-shirt, and then a koozie as well. So you're getting basically $30 to $35 back at your $50 just for registering so go and do that we do have our first entry from sean mitchell is 130 inch 130 and eighth inch eight point really nice deer so he's on the leaderboard with that kind of an update for you guys Congratulations, Sean! yeah i'll try to keep you guys updated on the leaderboard on the podcast too and you can see that on facebook as well so thanks for listening guys and uh, we'll catch you again next week